It is a crackerjack meeting tomorrow night coming through. Darren Clayton won't be too far away. One horse that is generating plenty of interest tomorrow night and again for next week because he is said to play a big, big hand is Bondi Lockdown. He's a proven Group 1 Victoria, uh, Victorian winner and he comes north for the first time having his first start tomorrow night in the changeover southeast derby at Albion Park. So there's plenty of queries around Bondi Lockdown. His trainer driver is Aaron Dunn and he joins us online now. Aaron, appreciate the time. Yep, no, thanks, Chris. What are we uh, expecting tomorrow night with Bondi Lockdown? Well, worst luck again, we're probably drawing the bill at the past. Uh, you just can't seem to, this time in, can't seem to draw inside five. So, And um, probably with Mick Stanley inside me and that horse is probably inclined to lead. So we'll just have to go forward and whether we obtain some cover or whatever, we'll see what happens. Okay, maybe you're just waiting for next week. You'll get a good barrier draw in the big Group 1 Queensland derby. Well, we can hope. That's, that's the hope anyway, and we get a run like his last Group 1 win. Okay, just on his recent form, he's a last start winner at Bendigo. He looked really good winning that race, and uh, it was a three-year-old race, but it was a good quality three-year-old race. The time was good, so were you happy with the way he came through that race? Yeah, I probably I made a few changes. I probably... He was a bit disappointing at Kilmore, and whether that was because we didn't continue to go forward and then there was a slow pace in the heat of the, uh, heat of the APG. So, you know, last week I sort of made a few changes, which I'd been wanting to make and couldn't find the right race. And that, and then I sort of just drove him hooker by crook. If he went good, he was coming north. OK. Is there uh, any sort of preference with him with, with distance, uh, Aaron? Is he a, a better short-course horse or the longer the better or he, he can just run any distance? It doesn't matter. Oh, I think he's, he's got the speed, but he's tough also. And I think sometimes in those short races, if you can't get the right run, or, and, he, and he's been a bit susceptible to gut, not quite handling the turns in the path coming wide. So that's where he's sort of had those few tricks. and But, you know... At Bendigo the other night, he didn't put a foot wrong and, and you know, that was sort of, you know, a very impressive one, I thought. OK. Earlier this season, he was placed in the South Australian Derby. Uh, were you happy with that effort? And uh, was that when you started thinking, you know, we might look at a few other derbies around the country? Oh, look, I probably always had him in mind. Um, you probably egged me on a little bit there a while back also. Um but, yeah, look, he was first up, probably the travel over there, and I just probably didn't quite have him as hard as I thought. But in saying that, Aladdin, you know, he, he's a nice horse. And, you know, like Karen said to me after the race, change the barrier draws, and it might have been a different story. But in saying that, he did put a, did a, do a little bit wrong on the turn, which cost him being closer. When he won the Group 1 Caduceus Club three-year-old classic at Milton, you beat Pat's Beachstorm. That's no easy feat, so uh, it just shows how good this guy is, Bondi Lockdown. Yeah, well, that, was, that all panned out beautifully, like the two horse gallop, and I was able to drop on in his back, and, you know, they, were, they just, you know, cruised along, and, you know, then it was a sprint from the 400, and, you know, I think he ran home in 26 too that night, so it just all panned out beautifully, and I think in these, you know, top races, you, you need that, to, you know, because they're all so similar. Yeah. So tomorrow night, barrier five, you're likely to press forward. How much more improvement is there to come from tomorrow night to next week with the derby? Well, I'm not overly experienced at travelling and staying, so hopefully I've put enough into him. You know, they've been calling the, you know, a couple of guys here at France that said, you know, they couldn't ask for him to travel any better, so that's a good sign. And, you know, they're eating and drinking good, but 
you know, the track's a bit different here and, um, you know, it's learning that and just a few different things like that. So I'll probably have an able tax to my hopes. So, you know, if you go, they all produce this week, I can sort of maybe just step them up a fraction. Okay. Sporty as steps out tomorrow night in as well, going around in race number eight. Gate five for Sporty as. What are you hoping for with uh, with that runner tomorrow night? Oh, that's another tricky draw for him because he's probably better if he's sitting back off the pace and flying home. And but you know sometimes you can't get into the race when you do that. So look, he's you know he's just a nice little horse, and you know whether that race is a little bit tougher than tough for him yet. But he sort of went around in a you know the second division of the MO at Melton the other night and didn't disgrace himself. So. Yeah, he's going good, so he's probably one I might even leave up here if someone wants him. Okay, right. And you've got a runner tonight as well, Shady As, going around in race five. First up, uh, again, you've, you've been uh, dealt a bad draw, gate 11, but what are the expectations there? Oh, I just hope they go hard and, you know, he can run into it late. That's probably all I can do with him, really. So he probably, you know, probably just needs that couple of runs and sort of didn't really work out to have a trial and I've virtually... He's a paddock mate with Bondi Lockdown, so sort of last minute, I thought, well, I might as well bring him with me. And he's done enough at home, but, yeah, it would have been probably nice to have a trial, but, yeah, he should be still not far away. OK, well, we can't wait to see you in action uh, later tonight and tomorrow night with Bondi Lockdown. He's a key runner going around in the South East Derby. Really appreciate the time, Aaron, and best of luck. Thanks a lot, Chris. There's Aaron Dunn joining us. He's made the trek all the way from Horsham, stepping out in a, a couple of big races, including the South East Derby with Bondi Lockdown. He's a high-quality three-year-old, there's no doubt about it. A Group 1 victory over Pat's Beachstorm. As we know, he's the New South Wales Derby winner. That's good form. Five wins from 15 starts, seven minor placings, earnings just under $100,000. That's Bondi Lockdown in race number two. Darren Clayton's been pouring over the form all week long. He's probably exhausted uh, seeing that many replays and looking at different names and numbers of horses, but he's fired up about tomorrow night and he joins us online now. Darren, what a night it's going to be tomorrow night. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Certainly is. And, you know, it's, yeah, there's plenty to do and plenty to look at, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd, I'd love this to be what we do 52 weeks a year. It's just so, so exciting to see the quality we get to see tomorrow night. And then who knows what next week brings with six group ones, three tomorrow night, six next week. Yeah, it's going to be a huge moment next Saturday night with all of those features. We need to focus on finding the winners tomorrow night. As I said, there's a big quaddy jackpot tomorrow night. Let's break down some of these group ones. We'll start with the Sunshine Sprint. Who leads, but more importantly, who wins the race? Well... My map has turned it up leading. I think from out in gate seven, he gets um, sort of that slingshot manoeuvre across the face of the field. He's led from gate seven on two previous occasions, one of those in the 2020 Blacks of Fake. Now, that was over the longer trip that he handed up. If he gets to the front here, he won't be handing up and uh, he'll be certainly give them something to chase, that's for sure. As for who wins it, 
Um, I'm firmly in the camp of King of Swing. <clears throat> I know he gets the tough gate. I know it's all against him. Um, all his form, um, I guess, in a, in a cricket parlance, you could nearly say he's a, he's a flat track bully. He gets to the front and then just grinds them into the ground. He's not going to get that opportunity here. He's going to be off the track at some point, whether he's put into the race in the middle stages or whether he does actually just be saved for one run. I don't think Luke McCarthy would be looking down the barrel of saving him for one run unless that early speed is just uh, way too hot. His form is three from three at Albion Park. Uh, he's unbeaten at the mile since joining, coming across the Nullarbor from Gary Hall to the Crossville McCarthy stables. In 21 starts for them. Um, his only defeats have been in races over longer than a mile. It all points to him for me, regardless of the draw, regardless of everything else. He is the king, and his crown will sit firmly in place at the end of this race. You, you've sold it well, I'll give you that. But uh, the draw, the draw's nasty. I, I know you'll say, yes, it doesn't look good, but... Is it mathematically impossible for him to win this race? Can he come wide and and, and be in a different a, a different place where he's never been before at Albion Park and still beat this opposition? This is high quality opposition. Uh, you mentioned turn it up. You, you've got copy that there. There's plenty of other, you know, high, you know, quality opposition. So you think he's good enough to round them up? I, I think he is. I think there, uh, from what we've seen of him, we look at his his last defeat came um, in the Hunter Cup. Now that was back in February. He'd drawn outside the second row in that race. The winner of that race was Lockenvar Art. Again, Lockenvar Art just controlled that race from the front. Um, you talk about being mathematically impossible. Well, Luke McCarthy's a professor. I think he's got all the formulas there to get this horse over the line. Okay, well, the money's there as well. Uh, he's starting to push for favouritism. Copy that. There's a drift away from Copy That. And uh, that's only, what, 215 Copy That, 220 King of Swing. So he might even start favourite. Jared alluded to that earlier. So there's every possibility King of Swing will start favourite despite this draw. Yeah, certainly is. And I guess perhaps just, you know, taking off the just that bullish uh, attitude that I'm giving King Swing here, if you do look at it from the perspective, well, um, if Copy That needs to sit outside, turn it up, if that's the way the map works, I don't think Copy That can win. But that said, if Luke McCarthy gets on his bike early, gets around, gets to the breeze, uh, Anthony Butt might be quite happy just to let King of Swing go to the breeze and then take the sitting shot on the pair of them. And that would then certainly bring copy that right into into the frame. So th there's certainly a, a few things that can go on in this race. Um, there's not much room to move or margin for error over the mile, and, and they will be running it. So like you say, um, it could it could be potentially mathematically incorrect, but um, sometimes you just need to go at the the old saying, class can beat the map. So and and that's where I'm firmly in the corner of. Okay, so you're with King of Swing to take out the Garrard Sunshine Sprint. I've got to ask, uh, yes or no answer, track record. Is it in any sort of doubt? Yes. Okay, all right. 
Let's move on to the Group 1 Golden Girl. First ever running of the Group 1 Golden Girl. I, I mentioned this before and I stand by it. I think this is the best group of mares we've seen come together and race anywhere in Australia this year. This is an outstanding lineup here. Uh, the favourite is Amazing Dream. She was unwanted last week. Now she's odds on. So it'll be interesting to see if punters get around her and it looks like they are. Uh, Nathan Purden has the whip hand because he's got Amazing Dream and Spellbound and they're easily the top two. In fact, they're the only two in single figures for this race. Spellbound 420. Last week she had gate seven. She's got the inside gate tomorrow night. Which way do you go with uh, Spellbound and Amazing Dream? Uh, I'm leaning to Spellbound purely off, off the fact... Um, well, I guess it's, it's what shows the case. Uh, punters can be very fickle. We forgot about Amazing Dream last week, and she duly salutes in, in, a, in a very strong Group 1 race. And then here she is. She comes out a week later, and she's deep into the red. I think that's she's too far into the red for mine to, to be a betting proposition. Obviously, she's a classy mare, but uh, just the differential on the price and with the, the, the options from the gate, I can see that Spellbound gains from gate one. I'm, I'm quite happy to be on Spellbound in this race. I, I think whether she needs to lead or whether she can sit in behind, tuck in and wait for the passing lane or, or wait for some space to finish, I think whichever way that goes, and um, I guess we've got a little bit of a query about who will actually be at the range, but either way... Um, I think Spellbound is, is the mare to beat in this race. But like you say, Chris, absolute top-class field of mares. You've got $2 million earners. There's very few mares have ever made a million dollars in their careers in Australia. And here we are lining up with, with two of them in a race at Albion Park, the first time we've ever seen this brand-new race, the, the Golden Girl. Yeah, absolutely. She's a very good short-course mare, Spellbound. What's your gut feel? Do you think they'll try and go for an all-the-way victory or do you think they might look for a seat? I think it all depends in the early stages. I think we'll know after 100 metres what they'll actually do and who who's getting across from out wide. You've got Scarlet Babe is a, a very high-speed mare off the arm. So if she takes a, a fairly decent shot, I think Spellbound, they'd be happy to kick up and keep her parked. If it's uh, a horse like Amazing Dream that kicks up and looks for the front, I'm, I'm sure they'd be happy to take a seat on her. But um, I think it just depends who who takes that early shot. But I think either way, she still wins this race, either off the speed or in front. OK, Yolanta's an interesting runner here. She does have a victory over Spellbound, and that was recent too when she won the Richmond last. She's at $34, so she might appeal to a few putters there when they're analysing form. Uh, you mentioned our Princess Tiffany. Win, lose or draw tomorrow night. This is her final ever race start, so she's bound for the breeding. Barn Connections are keen to have her in foal, so she is ultimately going to go back to New Zealand. I think, I think it may be Captain Treacherous they're looking at with our Princess Tiffany. She was the beaten favourite last week. Uh, she had barrier one. There was issues. It was a tying-up issue. They go to the gate tomorrow night, final time in a Group 1 race, and she's at $26. Do you give it any chance from the draw? It's mighty tough from out there, but you, you can't ride off class. And um, She's had that issue last week that they feel that they're on top of. Um, she's got nothing else to look forward to, I guess, in terms of a racetrack. So the old saying, they can leave it all out there this week so they can 
do absolutely everything in their power to to give her a, a farewell swan song. But um, it's going to be tough from out there. There's no doubt about it. And um, there's always a, a big query when a horse goes as poorly as she did last week. Obviously, she's come up with those issues that they feel they're on top of. But it's a, it's a big turnaround in a week. What about better and four? She's another one. She may be getting closer to the end uh, and, and breeding uh, may be calling her by the end of this uh, this year. She's been disappointing so far, but we know how good she is. Can she show something like her best tomorrow night with that nice trailing draw? Yeah, well, she certainly gets her opportunity. and She stayed away last week. Um, she didn't go around in, in, um, in that Fleur de Lille. So she, she comes up this week... The mayor, she's had, but she's probably had a little bit of a unorthodox, I guess, would might be the right word, preparation in her start. So she came back in a, um, she was first up at Menangle in a mile event there, and they went, um, they went sub fifty in that. The stunning nun was the winner of that race, and um, she was down the line in that. She then tackled the Redcliffe Cup second up, so. Off a, off a 20 metre handicap there and then back to gate seven um, last time where she was nine metres from the winner so a little bit of a different preparation that's for sure but again class, you can't dismiss class and she's going to get a good trailing uh, run from where she is so she's certainly in the thick of it, I don't think she's up to winning it, just what we've seen in recent times but um, like I say, don't write off class, we saw that okay. last week with Amazing Dream yeah, indeed. Uh, spellbound for you in the inaugural running of the Group 1 Golden Girl. What a race that's going to be tomorrow night. What about the other Group 1 feature? Uh, we, we flip to the trotters and we go over the long journey here, standing starter conditions. What, would you say this is the best ever edition of the DJA tomorrow night? Because we've got them coming from here, there and everywhere tomorrow night. And this is a good quality lineup. Pinkalar's favourite, just over Humble Lad. How do you see the DJA? Yeah, I'd certainly. Uh, there's probably two factors in in that saying that it's the strongest edition of this race we've seen, Chris. One of those is certainly the um, the visitors that have come for it. You've got horse like Pink Galas, who's already a Group One winner before she's came or before she's arrived in Queensland for this race. So you've got that. The other thing is just the growth of the trotter in Queensland on its own. The, um, the last five years, in particular, probably the last two to three years in Queensland, the trotting ranks have um, really got really strong here in Queensland. So, factor both of that, both of those factors in, um, that points to why it will be such a, a strong addition of the race. In Galar, she's a mighty mare. She's not much of her, but uh, she has to go to the well again this week. Um, Twenty metre handicap. It was a big win first up over this same distance and then second up over the 2100 last week. She was strong to the line again. Um, I have marked her on top. I think she can win the race. Just big concerns here. It's a capacity field, which is always tricky. And just getting the cart into the race, where she, how far out from home she has to go. I don't think um, she can get a trail up from, say, the the 800 to the 1,000 and still be competitive at the finish. I think she just needs to be a little bit closer and that's all dependent on the tempo up front. Who sets that tempo? That is another question in itself. So where where it all lines up there, I do think Pink Galaz, though, she has the class to win it. But um, uh, one of the things we did mention this morning, um, Chris, on the on the breakfast show, a bit of 
history against three of the runners in this humble lad, Pink Galaza and Majestic Simon. History against those three runners. But that said, history is made to be broken. Yeah, they were quite stunning. No horses made a clean sweep of this series. So that's humble lad Pink Galaza. No horses gone back-to-back defending champion Majestic Simon. They were quite startling, those uh, facts that you delivered this morning. So maybe just keep that in mind when you're analysing the form. Just your thoughts on the three other features coming through tomorrow night here, Darren. We've got the two uh, three-year-old features, the Oaks of the Derby, races two and three, the four-year-old championship race five. This kicks off the quaddy. Uh, who are you with in the four-year-old race? Yeah, I found this a really tough race. I've, I've ended up settling the spirit of St. Louis. Uh, his run was good in the rising sun. Uh, I guess this is really is his D-Day. He's had the hype on him um, now since he's arrived. He's had four starts, three easy victories, two of those here at Albion Park, and then last week in the, um, the rising sun, he was midfield, where nothing from the back really made any serious ground on those front runners. So... For mine, this is his D-Day. If he gets his chance to really stamp that hype that he's had and make sure that he is as good as what uh, has been made out of him, that said, send it. I think he is a big threat in this race. His effort was really strong last week in the Rising Sun. The week before at Menangle, he wasn't too far away. He's got a Group 1 victory in that uh, regional championship or that they held down at Menangle. He's in good form. Just no gates for Brad Hewitt. He's just struggling to land a marble. So he'll be relying on some tempo. That there should be with the way the barrier draws lined up. But I've got spirit on St. Louis, marginally on top of Send It. Wouldn't be surprised for Send It to arrive in time. OK, and what about the Oaks and the Derby? Who have you got winning those features, races two and three? Yeah, again, really tough races to, to dissect. In the uh, in the Derby, that's race number two. I've come up... Um, I, I thought Captain Crusader was a good each-way chance in this race again. I thought he was a good each-way hope last week. He was just grabbed on the line by American Dealer. I think from, from where it all lines up here... He's going to need a, a bit of luck in the run, is Captain Crusader. Bondi Lockdown, obviously the big threat. Um, so I, I think I've marked Bondi Lockdown on top. I think he can win it. He can be too tough for him. But from a, a, a punting perspective, I think Captain Crusader is better value at the price. Um, and then in the Oaks, which is race number three, Sporty Dancer on top. I think this is her chance. She's had three starts now in Queensland, placed in all three. She's right in the thick of the action from there. She'll get a nice run in behind the speed, or even if they happen to uh, pull the trigger early and get across to the front. Either way, I think she gets every opportunity. So race three, the Oaks, I think Sporty Dancer is the one. But also value there as well, again, at the prices with Jasper. Good run last week behind Chamonix. So um, from a, a price perspective, there's some good value to be had in Jasper. All right, Dubbo's fast approaching, two and a half minutes away. We've got this big quaddy jackpot, so let's go through it for our listeners this morning. Race five, you just mentioned Spirit of St. Louis and send it. What else do you need to add for that opening leg of the quaddy? Yeah, so I thought you could add in uh, number two, Black Sedance, or number eight, Bundoran. They should get a good uh, run there. I think the second leg, race six, the Golden Girl, happy to go with just the two runners there, Spellbound and Amazing Dream. Uh, the third leg, 
race seven. I think it come the winner comes from either eleven King of Swing, seven turn it up, or five copy that. So you've got five, seven, eleven, and then in the closing leg, I'm pretty keen on the chances of Rock Fisherman to win this race. Um, and just as some insurance there, throw in numbers five, six, and ten. But um, yeah, do think Rock Fisherman is a good bet on that card tomorrow night. Okay, so that's two, four, eight, twelve into one and four. Five, seven, eleven, two, five, six, and ten. So, what are we looking at there? About ninety-six bucks for a hundred percent. For a hundred percent, or you can play that however you like, or even drop out those last three in the uh, final leg. Like I say, very keen on rock fishermen.